Crow talk. Crow talk. Crow talk. Just, just like, like the men. men. For those of you just tuning in, just a quick little recap. We're filmmakers. We made our first feature film. An adaptation of a 100-year-old screenplay written by Elle Higginson at the turn of the 20th century, wherein she tells a tall tale of helping her friend run for political office in Washington State. P.S. It's all true. We decided to chop it all up and put it on TikTok because why not? And we're talking to women in the film industry that know more than we do about the experience. Hook, line, and sinker. Chapter 4. Emily Best. And down underneath is the loveliest nook where the four-leaf Hi everyone, welcome back. Today we're going to have a conversation with Emily Best. Emily Best is a film producer and entrepreneur known as founder and CEO of the crowdfunding platform Seed and Spark, and she's the producer of the 2010 film Like the Water. And for any new listeners out there, Seed and Spark is the crowdfunding platform that we used to partially fund just like the men. Um, It's a really great platform for indie filmmakers. Yeah, if you're a filmmaker, you should definitely use that platform to fund your movie. Um, They have a team of people that help you get your campaign prepared, give you notes and feedback on your campaign before you're allowed to even launch it. It's a super supportive community of filmmakers and mentors. It's a great audience builder tool as well. Their whole deal over at Seed Spark is to help your filmmaking endeavors from beginning to end. So it was a really valuable tool, I think, for us to learn how to grow an audience in tandem with raising funds, which those two things are inextricably woven together. In, in order to raise funds for anything, you need to be connected to people. So Stacy and I were lucky enough to connect with Emily Best at the 2020 Art House Convergence Conference, which is another amazing um, community of filmmakers on more of a nationwide scale. Um, and we were able to sit in on a panel that Emily was speaking on. And afterwards, we approached her and basically fangirled out in front of her because we couldn't believe that we were able to connect with her after pretty much years of seeing her face and like watching her tutorials through Seed and Spark. It was a really cool full circle moment for all of us. She's so gracious and so lovely. Um, And so after Art House, we reached out to her and asked if she'd be interested in having a conversation with us. Um, And we kept it pretty open. We just wanted to hear more about how she got into this business um, and and just have a candid conversation about the film industry through the lens of indie filmmaking. So let's get into it. Emily, thank you for being here. Um, Thanks for having me. Yes, we're so honored to have you. Like, honestly, we're kind of nervous because, as you know, we're like fangirls of yours. And What? Yeah, and for real. Real we are. And we watched your film. Like, oh my God. Last you night. Did? Just deal yes. with it. So embarrassed. Fun facts the teacher with whom she has that like emotional revelation that made us all and, cry. It made us yeah. all cry. That's my dad. Yeah. Uh, we cast all of our parents appear in the movie at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Dead. Fuck. Yes. That is Dead. so. Yeah. <laughs> amazing i love that honestly it was so inspiring to watch because oh. we met you at art house and like listen to you speak there we're fan girls so like 
seeing you in that perspective and then seeing you in your first endeavor of a feature film. I don't know. It was just really cool to observe that trajectory and like be a fangirl from, from that perspective. If you watch like the water, then I officially accept your fangirl status because that's like dedication on the left. (laughs) I'm not sure that I totally deserve. Um, the, The experience of making that movie was really, really special. It was really hard, obviously, like making movies always is, especially when you don't have a baseline for what is normal or what's to be expected. And everybody who worked on that film was super young, super talented and also like pretty new. And we were trying to write our own rules and still get shit done. And and I do think that's part of why we had those like couple of magical moments, the dragonfly, the which was obviously not planned. Yeah, no oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, magical. <laughs> Big part of the story. But that's what was so, I so I was hiding up in the house while they were doing that take, obviously, because we had to be locked down and everybody had to be quiet. And, you know, so I hear action over the radio and then like silent, silent, because of the long silent scene. And then I hear cut and then everybody just goes, oh my God. (laughs) Um, And for people listening for whom this has no context, uh, there's a scene in this film, the main character has returned home to her hometown to write the eulogy for her best friend who has died very young and she completely fucks it up uh, and absolutely bombs. And uh, and after the, and like awkwardly just like pushes everyone away after the funeral and is sitting alone staring at a lake as you do in independent films. As you do. Um, and it's, a, it's like a medium cl- close up, sort of like a shoulders and up She's sitting in this chair and you see a little blurry buzz in the corner. And then this dragonfly comes and just lands on her shoulder. And she was, I mean, Caitlin is a spectacular actress, but she was in the right mental place of contemplativeness that this person was supposed to be in, that she looks at it and it feels like a moment where her dead friend came to visit her and tell her it was okay. (laughs) And then it flies away. And we were like, what? I'm like getting goosebumps. I know. I could like get right back in it. Like, what the fuck? And I didn't even yeah. contemplate that watching it. It was just like, yeah. Yeah, that, that was planned. Right. Absolutely. Holy like, cow. that should have been part. Like, probably they wrote that in the script. They did not. No. And it, it, like, honestly, it, we cut a bunch of other scenes we didn't need because of that moment. Because it, <laughs> it, it did all the things. Like, right. It so showed it all. Hair. Yeah, it happens in that moment. So it's really, and that's honestly, like, that's what I look for. Because every mediocre independent film, which like The Water very much is a mediocre independent film. We're not, we don't have any misgivings about that. But like, has that magic somewhere in it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because of all the things it takes to make it and all the energy that people bring together into the set, like there are always those magical moments in every film and you don't know when they're going to happen. And like, that's what, that's the drug. Cause like totally. once yeah. and you're like, I'm going to do this forever. <laughs> do you have any idea how hard that life is? Like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Give me a chance of that high again. <laughs> you know, I know. Cause it happens in life. There's so many moments where, you know, those things happen and then you make connections and it's this moment that you can't articulate, yeah. you know? And so it just, it's powerful. Like, 
that film that film really hit oh great look that was the whole point like we made it for women like you when i mean this was a decade ago when we weren't really talking about what are all the women friendship films and we were really like as a group of women friends we were navigating all of these bumps ourselves of how you like come together and and fight and make up and and pull each other along and make each other better and ground each other and all of those things I mean, those all stuff we were grading against at that time and that film was a, a tremendous turning point for all of us in our careers it really led to the next thing for every single person who worked on that movie so it's been really wow. yeah wow yeah we were talking about that before you came into the zoom um because we have on your list of questions on what we wanted to talk about, the fact that you're the CEO of Seed and Spark, and we'll talk about your turning point getting into that, because it was during Like the Water, right? I believe, or like around that time, correct? Yep. yep. But just that you're a female CEO at the top at Seed and Spark, and that we've noticed a lot of films helmed by women <clears throat> on the platform, and, and you yep. talked about that working on like the water, like being yeah. surrounded by women. So it's all just so interesting how it has from like our outside perspective trickle down and seems to affect, yeah, even the platform that you're helming now and, and, and the types of filmmakers, not that it's just women that are attracted to Seaton Spark, but. Yeah, I think um, in the beginning, it was a lot of other white women on the platform, right? Cause like I was out there and so people saw themselves in me. And at some point we realized like, that's a real limitation. Um, how do we, how do we really expand our footprint? And that's when we got very, very intentional about our partnerships. And part of the way that we've grown the business is by offering free education, kind of anywhere anyone will let us offer it. <laughs> Uh, but after a while, like just really being intentional about who we partnered with and who we could reach that way and um, being really careful to do as much listening as we were teaching and talking um, to understand how to, over time, really make sure that the platform served the needs of the like broadest and most diverse community of creators we could possibly help it serve. And that's our forever work, right? Mm -hmm. Because the needs change, the times change. I think we now probably are like we're really kind of over index <laughs> against other platforms with queer films and non-binary films and trans filmmakers and um, that's something we're really proud of and that also has to do with people in our community who've taken a chance on us you know the jen richards of the world who you know do stuff with seed and spark and like that shines a light on us in a certain way so other filmmakers for whom she is a beacon um, then decide to trust us. And so it's been a lot of that too, is just like trying to be intentional about who we're building relationships with and, and, and trying to come from a place of always offering something as opposed to trying to get something. Like we don't have a sales team, all the other crowdfunding platforms, they have sales teams. We have an education mm -hmm. team, you know, we have a creator success team. And I do think that makes a difference. I mean, it, oh, huge it's difference. a remarkable platform as a filmmaker. <clears throat> I've done a Kickstarter campaign before that was just like the worst because uh, there's no guidance and no education. Like it just comes back to the education component that's offered yeah. through Seed and Spark. And, and I feel like for independent filmmakers, there's not a lot of that out there. Yeah. You know, like not a ton of that. You can find some of it, but there's not like like the specialization that you receive in working with Seed and Spark and the access to different specialists in different fields of film. Even in film school, like it's so, it's so expensive 
right? It's all that education is locked away. I have taught crowdfunding to build independence, which is our flagship workshop at some of these fancy expensive film schools. And I remember like the seniors coming up to us being like, what the fuck? I just paid 200 fucking thousand dollars to this organization. And this is the first time I am hearing with this, this shit. And it's the most important stuff I have needed to know. Do you know what I mean? Seriously. Like, oh no. Like we didn't mean to make you mad, but I understand why you're mad. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. it's like cutting the bullshit formality out. That's like, I mean, and not that that's not important to like study film, whatever, like watch a lot of films, study film, classics, blah. But like, it's like the nitty gritty actual, like on the ground work that scene spark helps filmmakers accomplish at least like at the beginning if you've never done it before which we hadn't and it was just Mm -hmm. such a huge stepping stone towards success even I think as we like how we approach marketing the film still Mm -hmm. look if you're going to crowdfund which is objectively hard no matter how famous you are no matter like ask Spike Lee if his campaign was really easy it was not It was not. It was bumpy, right? Every single filmmaker who endeavors to crowdfund knows how hard it is. So our view has always been then the money should be a bonus, a byproduct, a a nice to have. It's the audience. It's the skill set. It's the IP ownership. Those are the needs to have for the rest of your career, right? Like if you are just crowdfunding to fund one project, why bother? It's so hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but but to me, like the the crowdfunding just brings so many bonus elements of I mean, when we did our little silly campaign for like the water, I call it silly, but it was pretty galvanizing, um, you know, where we built a wedding registry and we put it in a WordPress website, put a PayPal link at the bottom, and we sent it to everybody we knew. We also sent it around the town where we were going to film and that garnered tremendous community support. Mm. Like like we hundreds of thousands of dollars of loans and gifts, locations, uh, like the local coffee shop gave us 60 pounds of coffee. Wow. It wasn't terribly tasty, but we were not in a position <laughs> to turn that shit down. Um, the local... Co- this is my favorite story. I don't know if I've told this to you already, but a local car dealer, used car dealer, John, asked to read the script. And I sent him the script for Like the Water. And he read it and he was like, I, it was really beautiful. I loved it. These are the cars I think your main characters would drive. And we agreed with him and he gave them to us for the duration of the production. Oh my Isn't gosh. That so magical. Like all of this resonates so hard with me wow. our car guy from just like the men everyone and just like the men involved we love you so much but dick malsbury our car guy that has a has like an old ford model t oh. is just like a gift in our life that we're still connected with after mm-hmm. the film yeah and it is really cool yeah how community gets gets behind you but like yeah for us again it was seed and spark that taught us to like not be scared to ask you know mm-hmm. like you the platform taught us these things in pre-production or even pre-pre-production. Like mm-hmm. we weren't even in pre-production yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, the that's community we're trying piece. to get to people. Yeah. yeah. The community mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely what we're trying to get to people. It's why we go to film schools and professional development organizations and anywhere filmmakers are in learning mode because the earlier you are thinking about this, the easier everything gets. Mm-hmm. I think. Exactly. Yeah. 
agree. Yeah, especially if you want to have a career, like a sustainable career. Which is what you talk <sighs> Everything about. Everything you do today. Spark all the time. Mm-hmm. Sustaining filmmakers. <laughs> sort of our obsession. So it's interesting to think about spaces because I never meant to be a filmmaker. I never meant to be an entrepreneur. I actually had a virtual coffee today with a friend of mine from high school. Uh, and we were talking about the fact that like, there was no, and some of this was the generation, right? Um, this was pre first tech boom, right? So nobody ever talked to us about being entrepreneurs. Actually, nobody ever talked to us about being creators. We were being well-educated to become like contributing leaders in corporate situations or doctors or like, that's what we were being trained to do. And so to end up here is so weird (laughs) considering where I came from. And uh, I didn't get into the film business because I thought I was going to be a filmmaker. I got into the film business because I wanted to change how women were portrayed on screen. So I came in going, who's in my way? (laughs) You know what I mean? As opposed to like, what do I need to do to like be a part of this thing? Like I wasn't looking for Mm. in-group status from jump. Um, because I was like, the in-group is fucking this up. Like, how can we do it differently or better or on our own? And the men that I have most interacted with along the way, like at the very beginning, Caitlin brought me to the set and Ed Burns was like, hey, you can do this. Let me show you how easy it can be. Right? Just like, and the most relaxed way, and it's Ed flipping Burns. So you're like, yes, Miss Burns, <laughs> I'm just a puddle on the floor over here. Don't mind me. Um, you know, uh, and he's like, no, call me Eddie. And you're like, no problem. I'm not going to be able to do that. It's fine. Um, uh, he's like Ed Burns, who was like, you know, it's a world of possibilities. And um, this wonderful man, Bar Potter, who was a lawyer turned producer in Hollywood for several decades and sat on the phone with me every single day in pre-production of Like the Water and taught me how to be a producer over the phone. Wow. Um, And Mark Duplass, who has opened every single door in the universe and been a huge champion for us and for women. Uh, So I think some of it has to do with like, you know, I I came in looking for like, who are the helpers to the like renegades and the outgroup and the women. So like, I've been lucky not to experience a whole lot of that. Um, I have definitely been in a room where like one of the titans of the independent film industry was organizing a conversation in the Netflix office about ostensibly about crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding. And he had like, he was really trying to get this room full of influential people to like get on board with his idea um, and invited me and a couple of other people who were expert in crowdfunding and then like promptly shut down everything that we were trying to say and came up to me at lunchtime and was basically like, you're talking too much. And Morgan Spurlock, I was like there when this happened. And I was like, Morgan, he just told me to not talk so much. And Morgan was like, well, you know, you have to do talk twice as much. Do you know what I mean? So like, I feel like along the way, yeah, you find your people. Totally. You have to speak your truth and find your people. And, and you know, when you're in a room, you, your gut tells you when you're in the room with the person who's not going to, not really ever going to believe in you or what you're saying. And I think the biggest challenge is what we're taught as creators is that we're coming from a place of deficit that like, okay, we have these ideas, but you need to go get the money and you need to go get the prestige. You need to go get the fame and you need to go get the, this, that, or the other thing. We're coming from this place of deficit. So 
we actually will step over our own instincts about people in pursuit of those things they tell us we have to have to pursue our dream. And that is where all the bad shit happens, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to step over um, coming from a place of desperation or deficit and listen to that little voice inside of you that like, this is not my people. Right. Because, because they're in that room simply because they're good at wielding power in a specific way. And they're counting on you to not trust your gut. Mm. That's how the Harvey Weinsteins of the world, they all are good at lording over you, your feeling of lack, which we have been trained in. And that is how they get you to not trust your gut and to stick around. And uh, like, So for me, like everything that I learned in the process of making like the water was nobody was telling us yes (laughs) at all at any point. So how do we say yes to ourselves? And, and it was because we were this group of women saying yes to each other. That's what we were looking for. That's what we've tried to foster at Seed and Spark. And it's why one of our core values we call creative energy. It's about being solutions oriented. I'm never going to bullshit you about how hard this is, how biased it is, how unfair the whole thing is, how privileged the system is, because that's the society that we're living in. Those things are all true. And it is possible to make things now. And the one thing that I will say is I don't think it has to be about grit. I don't think it has to be about hustle. Hmm. I think I think you can do things reasonably um you know if you really listen to what what about this makes me feel good and excited i think that's a powerful narrative to internalize and it's one that i think i'm still i'll probably be working on internalizing that my whole life and so i'm so grateful for your words here because this is what people need to really hear is that you just have to speak up And that doesn't mean that it's not going to be all this work and all of these other things are going to be true, but that really is the beginning of whatever it is that you want to embark on is just listening to yourself and then speaking up and asking for what you want and what you need. And building the team around you that allows you that space and shares your vision. You know, the fact that you two have each other is a huge part of this. Like you generally see cohorts come up. Mm. It's very rare that individuals come up, cohorts come up, mm. friend groups come up, you know, filmmaking teams come up, brothers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The Safdie brothers, the Duplass brothers, um, the Wachowski sister, like, like it's, it's people who are themselves. Oh my God. I I wish I could find you. Like I had occasion to write to Mark Duplass's dad because they do like legal work together. And I was like, I need this piece of like legal information. And also, um, how did you raise such great boys? And he was basically like, we just loved them and told them they could do anything that they wanted. And I was like, that's literally the environment you have to create for yourself to really thrive as an artist. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to love each other and you say anything is possible, mm-hmm. right? With, within fucking reason. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, right, exactly. Like, are we going to dissolve the carceral state tomorrow? No, but we'll fucking try. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. You know? I wanted to mention to Emily, I noticed that uh, the production company, one of them in like the water, it was something about, and I'm sorry, and now I'm doing it. Like, I don't know exactly, but it was like tribe, tribe films, or, I think. Tribe films. Yeah. And when we, 
first had a meeting about our film, just like then we got a bunch of smart women from the community that we didn't know like that well, but we knew well enough to be, and they know more than we do. We got them together. And Stacy was like, you're our tribe for this film. And that's like how we like pitched the meeting. And I started watching the movie a little bit before Stacy did last night. And I called her and it's like, oh my God. That was what we called our LLC. And I think, you know, with 10 years of hindsight, I appreciate how much we want to be careful of like appropriative language. Right, of course. And Mm -hmm. what you're talking about is connecting to really ancient wisdom Mm -hmm. that like long predated any of our systems that it was your, your tribe was the people with whom you were mutually supporting, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, and that you, you fought for and, and helped survive and all of those things and nursed each other's babies. And it was like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, uh, I definitely think that in order to, make space, sorry about my dog, um, in order to make space for, uh, for real creativity, like the, the shit that like topples empires, um, you have to have that community of mutual aid and mutual support. Mm -hmm. Um, and also it's a responsibility to wield that community for social mutual aid and social mutual support, right? Like the, the tribes that I see coming up right now are the ones who are not just thinking about how it serves their in-group, but how it serves mm-hmm. really a, like a larger collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the planet, you know what I mean? Like how does all totally. of this actually connect us as a, as a, you know, um, as a ecological whole um, totally. in some respects of which like our storytelling is a really important part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of these yeah. groups are just little microcosms of the larger picture, you know, and on and on and on and on. I feel like you can't not hold that moving through the world. Yeah. Yep. When work as what a filmmaker, hope? I think is so much stronger too, when you can like focus in on things, I mean, that are important, hopefully to you. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was our first little like turn into work about women. Cause we were like, oh, we write better stories when we're focused on social justice things that we care about. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Not to be lame, but Emily Best is the best. Oh my God, she is the best. Thanks for chatting with us, Emily. I know we're rolling this out like much later than anticipated, but dang, we are big fans. So for those of you listening, what's the takeaway here? Find your friends, make cool shit. And then go to Seed and Spark if you're a filmmaker, because they will help you out. They will hold your hand every step of the way. Yeah, seriously, like informed direction on how to have a successful crowdfunding campaign and how to hang in there as a career filmmaker. So get out there, make your dreams come true and do it with your friends. It's the best way to do it. I think we should do like maybe one or two more times. Okay, cool.